Hi, I'm the helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like surprising a deserving dad with a brand new grill and helping give back to our veterans. And during the Honda Summer Spectacular event, we can help you too with a great deal on a reliable award-winning Honda, like the Accord, the 2018 North American Car of the Year. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for July 22nd, 2018. Koyo Kobose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Ooh-wee, hot summer weather. Oh, boy. I've been working in the garden. And it's very rewarding. Uh, Good exercise. I go out in the cool of the morning. Do a little bit of work, get sweaty. That's good. I've been planting garlic and uh, uh, I guess I want to mention, you know, uh, when you plant garlic, you plant the cloves from your last crop and you get the big cloves. You get the biggest cloves you can get. You save those for for the next planting and uh, maybe a garlic bulb has about mm, maybe average of eight to ten cloves and uh, now why did they tell you to plant the biggest one uh, biggest ones and well you get a bigger one bigger bulbs in your crop than if you planted the small ones. And this was sort of reminding me of uh, a Dharma talk that I've given in different uh, uh, illustrations used in terms of plants. <laughs> title of the talk might be Always Plant Large Potatoes. That was my original. But I've also used beets and other plants. And what you do is you say, well, People 
when they harvest a crop, uh, say they're farmers, and they're going to save some of their harvest for planting, okay, sustainability, you know, in a sense, you're, you're just growing your own, not seeds in this case, but with a tomato or with a potato, it, uh, you plant a big one, you get on the average, bigger, larger sized potatoes in your harvest. Okay? And I, as I give this little Dharma glimpse talk, I say, well, these farmers, there was a one teaching story where the farmers in this village, they, they, they didn't real what well, the farmers, but in this for the purposes of this story, they didn't know about uh, the nature of growing these things. So they ate the biggest ones because their eyes got big, and they said, "Oh boy, look at this! Let's enjoy the fruits of our labor," and they planted the smaller ones. And then the next harvest, on the average, potato size was a little bit smaller. But they didn't notice. They took the biggest one and said, oh, boy, let's enjoy them. And they planted the smaller ones. And then the same thing happened the next year. On average, the harvest was a little bit smaller in size, see. And this kept going until they started to notice, gee, our, our crops, the potatoes are... On the average, they almost—they're getting so small. Wow! Then someone said, "Hey, maybe we're supposed to plant the bigger ones. You plant the smaller ones, and you get smaller harvest." So they said, "Okay, let's let's uh, buckle down and we eat the smaller ones, and you know that's still good enough. You know, satisfies us. And let's let's just not be greedy. Let's eat the smaller ones and plant the bigger potatoes. And then what happened?" Okay. And what I would usually do is show and tell in this Dharma talk, it was being taped or so if it was live, <clears throat> I'd, get, I'd have prearranged different sized potatoes. And I'd compare, say, potatoes on the small, small and, you know, a little bit larger. I said, okay, oh, let's eat the small one <clears throat> and plant the big one. And I would, you know, take that potato and like I'm planting it in the ground. And then the next harvest, a little bit bigger on the average, and I pick up the next size that I have underneath okay, the the podium or whatever, pulpit. And I said, no, the crop got a little bit bigger. So they still, they ate the small one, and they planted a big one. Then I get another pair as I moved up the sizes. And uh, finally, they... They planted the big tomato potato, and look what happened. And I hold up a, a huge, the hugest potato I could, I, I could find. And wow, it's a nice visual presentation, you know. And uh, so I said, well, planting larger potatoes. What's the teaching here? Well, if if it's for kids, I would say something like. You know, cause and effect, uh, it depends on what you do, your karma, actions. And uh, if you uh, 
say uh, don't work hard in education. Okay. Uh, but when you work hard, well, you're not goofing off and having fun, and it's going to pay off later on. Okay. Don't just do what's convenient right in the moment. You have to think about my actions have consequences. Okay. So if you study hard, that's like planting large potatoes. Okay. Because it's going to pay off down the line. If you get better education, maybe you, well, you're going to make, <laughs> make more money, get a better job. Be more educated and all the benefits of that. Okay. Uh, so we put it into karma and we say, that's why your parents tell you, oh, education is important. Okay. And you might say, oh, I want to play. Okay. Well, you could learn to always plant large potatoes. If you're just going to play, that's like planting small potatoes. Okay. And it's sort of like... Uh, you know, you don't know how to delay gratification. Yeah, that's a big word, but okay. sometimes they do studies with children and say, hey, you want these two nickel candies or you want to wait for an hour and then I'll give you this 25-cent candy, <laughs> you know? Well, of course, it all depends on everything else. When to settle for something right now okay. uh, or wait. And then you get a bigger reward later. That's what's so great about gardening, you know? You plant it, take care of it, and you get a crop. And sometimes, as all farmers know, you do everything that you did successfully in the past, and something else happens, and nature says, I'm the boss. (laughs) No guarantees. This happened. Or maybe... uh, Gopher came around or deer came around. That's how life is. There's no guarantee. It's not just black and white. I did everything right in life and look what happened. And it's not just chance either. Even though we may not be able to understand or even predict or control the causal factors. But that's not any reason to jump to superstitious behavior. Okay. And sometimes in farming, they used to do that. They said, oh, we better pray for the rain god. Because okay. primitive man, well, we don't want to say modern man is more knowledgeable than the primitive man, but okay. when they felt helpless and, they, and their belief system said, oh, we better appease the god so that we have a better crop. Now, if that included some gardening, uh, planting, growing natural laws, then you're going to have good results, even though you may attribute it to something else, superstitious behavior. Buddhism knows superstitious behavior. Not leaving things to chance, not leaving it up, asking favors for some rain god. or But at the same time, we could consider, oh, Mother Earth, using a, you know, a metaphor or 
communicating with nature, making it on a personal level. Says, oh, thank you, Mother Nature, okay, for providing this crop. You know, uh, don't we shouldn't get into the attitude of, well, I did it and I conquered nature in a sense, and I made it grow the way I want to grow. And then your head gets big, and you think you could control everything in your life and what you want to do. And, you know, life could be tricky. Life could be tricky. This is why we got to experience it ourselves. We, we uh, anthropomorphize and say, oh, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> and that's okay. okay. Like sometimes in football, the uh, the runner just slips on his own and falls down when he's carrying the ball, and then the announcer might say, "Oh, the turf monster got him." Okay. Uh, it, it's just a way of expression uh, when we don't know the exact causal factor. We say, "Oh, well, you know." So we don't know how Mother Nature works in mysterious ways. Literally, there's a Mother Earth as a entity, per se, but we're referring to a process, huh? the natural laws of nature. Okay. And I think this is the, well, uh, nature is God, if you want to put that. I saw a bumper sticker once, and it said, Nature is God. Um, and I said, wow, I wonder what organization made that bumper sticker. Not the idea that God works through nature. God is nature. It's an identity, not a relationship. Huh? Identity. And this is a more, well, processed way of looking at it, I guess. That God is a verb. If if we, if we have to use that word God, okay, at the least we could understand the process better if we consider it a verb, a process, okay, rather than a noun, some person with a white beard, some place. Okay, not a noun. And if we see ourselves. This physical entity that has this name is also a verb. When you give it a name, then you give it a name like it's a noun. And you are a noun in one sense of the usage of the term and so forth for convenience linguistically. But if you want to know who you are or what you are, You're a process. You're a verb. You're, that means that you're constantly changing, developing. You know, uh, and so many things are influencing you. Sometimes it's hard to know how to get a good good feel for this. Okay? It's sort of a mystery. And indeed, sometimes our Western attitude is, oh, we, you know, get frustrated if we can't control and understand and predict things because we're so problem-solving oriented. Okay? Rather than accepting and 
transcending our difficulties and trying to understand something. We think everything is a problem to be solved. Maybe some gender things enter into this. By that, I mean a lot of times guys get very task-oriented and they want to have more control issues and they want to, you know, uh, solve a problem. They see it as a problem. Uh, Whereas a female or a woman might say, oh, this is the way it is and uh, I have these difficulties with it and I and I share my difficulties, I express it just for my catharsis in a way, just for my own self-awareness and my own self, you know. And when I do that, I have my friends to do it. And if there are other women, they might say, yeah, that's right. And they just embrace you and support you. And they instinctively know that this isn't just, the purpose is, is to express your feelings. And that in itself is helpful, beneficial, okay? and you keep going. Where sometimes if it's a guy that's listening, the wife is talking, and says, oh, you know, had these kind of difficulties today. So, wow, let's see what we can do about that. <laughs> you know, and if they're aware of their gender differences in communication, then she might say, no, no, you don't have to do it. I'm not asking for help. Just listen. She says, oh, okay. you're not used to that. And I think this could also help, uh, you know, in life itself, our own attitudes about our own efficacy and things. And acceptance controller, <laughs> well, can't do anything about it, you have to accept it. That sounds like a weak position. Oh, I have to accept it. I don't like it, but I I have to accept this situation. Can't do anything about it. Whereas there's a not a weak, defeated kind of acceptance, but there's a I don't know if you have to call it, you know, dualistic term strong. You might call it spiritual acceptance. And this is where you accept it. Not, oh, I wish it was different. I got, I'm, you know, I'm resigned to this. The feeling is much more positive and assertive if you say, I accept this. I accept it. I embrace it. If I'm short, if I'm the height I am and I want to be a basketball player, accepting your shortness and being the best basketball player you can be, that's the way to live. But if you go through your whole life saying, oh, Pony, I was six inches taller than I'd be a good basketball player. How come I'm so short? Blah, blah, blah. That's not, you know. That's that's where you're, you know, the acceptance is transcendence. When you fully accept your shortness, you don't think about shortness anymore. You are what you are. 
Okay? And you're concentrating your energy perspective on getting better, getting becoming the best you can be. I love it how in sports, say track and field or something, they talk about personal best. Uh, not objectively what is the fastest, you know, time. Okay. There's that going on too. But if someone in their own personal motivation says, well, I'm really pushing myself and and I got a personal best. I beat my old record time and so forth. Uh, how do we motivate ourselves? This is a tricky thing sometimes. Okay. Some persons might feel, well, if I'm not number one, my whole thing is a failure. My whole enterprise is a failure. Our ad- we have to really examine our attitude about our attitude, about, well, we could say toward life, but it plays out in very specific situations. Uh, do you want to control everything? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be contented and uh, smiling and leading a productive life? Huh? Uh, or do you want to be right? Sometimes it's put like that. Kind of pop psychology, but Especially when you, when I saw a couple, I see a couple that I married in, you know, five or more years ago. I said, "Hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm glad you're still married." Okay. Yeah, the guy says, "Yeah, I am. I learned right away that in my marriage, I could be happy or I could be right, and I chose to be happy." <laughs> and we have a little chuckle huh? because when you have to be right. You argue, two people get together, and and you, if one dominates and says, I'm right, you're wrong, kind of attitude in different situations, well, they're not going to have a very harmonious marriage. There's going to be resentments and conflicts and fighting and winning and losing. Whereas sometimes when you win, you lose. And sometimes when you lose, you win. This is a kind of uh, dialectics, the kind of confines. It's not dualistic in the sense that, yes, no, winner, loser. Hmm? Time, place, and person. And to have the perspective of right understanding We could call it the Buddhist way. Uh, because we're talking in a Buddhist context and the Dharma teachings and so forth. But it's really about life. How best to live without having to put a religious label on it. But if we're in a certain context, all Buddhists, and we could relate it to common things that we know about the teachings or perspectives, eh, fine. Okay. Well, we shouldn't necessarily, we should, at the same time, we should know that this is about life, about human beings. Okay? And it just so happens that our terminology involves this kind of perspective or approach. Okay? 
And to an extent, this is your preference. Okay? Maybe if it's another religion, they might say, oh, they couch it, they express it, they, they formulate it in a different way. Okay? And it comes down to, in a way, not true or false, but what's useful to you. Okay? Don't ask what something, statement or whatever thing, uh, judging and say, oh, okay, it's true or false. Ask whether it's useful or not. Just push the <laughs> the value of it. Not some label out there of being right, but hey, what's the best for me? We're not talking about human suffering in general. We're talking about my suffering. <laughs> huh? That's how Buddha taught. Not so much what he taught, but very importantly. Also, how he taught through personal experience, not philosophizing on some abstract concepts and teachings. He makes it personal to you. The teacher makes it personal to you. And as a student yourself, you have to make it personal for yourself. Okay? That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you.